Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome in, OutKick listeners. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Thursday. We have got a loaded program for you. In hour two, we will talk with Chris Mannix about the NBA season at the halfway point. In hour three, we will discuss with Dr. David Chow all of the latest injury news in the NFL as well as the XFL. Big debate, should you or should you not recline your seats? And we induct caller Barbara, 83-year-old from Louisiana, into the OutKick Hall of Fame Big discussion about Cam Newton and his future with the Panthers. All that and more. It's the Outkick Podcast. It's live every day from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, but you get it on the podcast, and it begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. We are off and running on Thursday on the big program here. I hope all of you are having a fantastic day wherever you may be across this country or this great land. Uh, We've got a lot to get into uh, over the course of the program today, but I wanted to start with uh, one of the – we've been talking a lot about the NFL free agent market at quarterback, and much of the attention has gone to Phillip Rivers and certainly to Tom Brady, even Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater has been rolled in, some Jameis Winston talk. And by the way, Jameis Winston went and got LASIK which is funny in and of itself uh, because of all the memes of Jameis Winston throwing – uh, interceptions, and there are a lot of jokes all over social media asking if he'll still have 30-30 vision uh, to make fun of the fact that he threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions 
But that in and of itself is pretty funny uh, that Jameis had such bad eyesight that he went and got LASIK. So we'll see what ends up happening with Jameis. Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. What are they going to decide to do with him? We've never seen ever in the history uh, of the NFL that I can remember so many different quarterbacks that are up in the air as we come up on March and uh, there are so many different moving parts. It's almost like a game of musical chairs. But the guy that we really haven't talked about very much at all, and he may still be an integral part of this overall situation, is Cam Newton. Cam only played two games last year and then set out the final 14 games of the year for the Carolina Panthers. And to refresh, if you don't remember... Carolina looked like Kyle Allen. Hey, man, this guy's a winner. He won four or five games, whatever it was in a row. Looked pretty solid. Undrafted free agent. Looked like he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And then the wheels came off with Kyle Allen. And the Carolina Panthers had drafted, I believe, Will Greer in the third round. And they brought in Will Greer for the final couple of games. And that was an abject failure. And so by the end of the season for the Carolina Panthers, you are left with, well, at least we still have Christian McCaffrey, who had one of the greatest seasons despite having that quarterback situation that we've ever seen for a running back in this league. And so a big part of the future for the Carolina Panthers has been what's going to happen with the quarterback. What is the future of Cam Newton going to be? And no one seems to know but it's been on the back burner because there's been so much drama surrounding other quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, uh, even Andy Dalton now. The Bengals are like, yeah, we'll help find a trade for you wherever that might go. You've got Joe Burrow, Tua, uh, with a lot of drama associated with them coming in in the, uh, the draft class. And so we haven't spent very much time talking about Cam Hardly at all. But this, I thought, was interesting. David Tepper, remember, the Carolina Panthers have a new owner, relatively speaking, and they have a brand new head coach in Matt Rule who has moved over from Baylor. They brought Joe Brady, who was given all of the uh, all the praise for how things went down in, uh, down in LSU with Joe Burrow. They have him in now. This is a new organization with a new mindset. Cam Newton is the older quarterback. And this is interesting. David Tepper hasn't commented very much on Cam, but he was asked about him most recently yesterday, and this is what he had to say. Listen, I'm not a doctor. You know, and I said it a million times. Is he he healthy? And how does, I mean, he's not a doctor. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, different things can happen. But first is, is he healthy? Tell me that and then we can talk. So, That doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement at all. Again, that's the owner, David Tepper. And it would be relatively easy to say, Cam's my guy. If you are the owner and you know you're going to be asked about the future of Cam Newton, I'm not a doctor. Is he healthy? Those are not the comments that I believe are ringing endorsement. Remember, Cam has got one year left on his deal. And when I heard these quotes, my immediate thought was, oh, Cam Newton's not going to be with the Carolina Panthers. Now, Cam has said he wants to be with the Carolina Panthers and that he hopes to play with them this season. But a part of me now wonders, if you are the Carolina Panthers and 
you have given all this money to Matt Rule. I believe Matt Rule got $7 million a year, and you have guaranteed him seven years. So effectively, $50 million you have paid to your head coach. And if you're bringing in Joe Brady, if those guys are convinced that Joe Burrow is the greatest quarterback available in the draft and one of the best quarterbacks they've seen in some time, or for that matter, if they feel that way about Tua or Justin Herbert or whoever else it may be out there, don't you have to make the decision to move Cam and potentially trade up in this draft if you could? I think so. So the more I think about what's going to happen with Cam Newton, the more I fear and feel like the era of Cam Newton is over in Carolina. And if you believe that to be the case, what teams could it make sense for Cam Newton to end up on? Well, you could say the Chicago Bears. You could say, look, the Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky is not going to be the answer. The Bears need to go ahead and turn the page on Mitch Trubisky, make a move to get Cam Newton. All right, well, that's a possibility. You could say uh, that there are, you know, maybe there's an interest. Maybe. Maybe there's somewhat of an interest in, uh, in, in look, there's a variety of teams that it, that it could make sense for to contemplate bringing in Cam. But to me, the one that makes the most sense, other than the Chicago Bears, is the Chargers. Right now, the Chargers are the side chick of the L.A. sports market. Only care about them when they're there right in front of you. And even then, you really don't care about them. They can't sell out that 25,000-seat soccer stadium. They now have this brand-new SoFi Stadium that they're going to have to sell out, and nobody is going to care about the Chargers at all. They've moved on from Phillip Rivers. I think the odds of Tom Brady deciding to go to L.A. and play for the Chargers is almost zero because the Chargers are in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. There's no way that Tom Brady is going to leave a place where he's won 11 straight division titles to go play for the Chargers, who have been to three playoff berths this decade and who have a really small chance, I believe, of actually winning the AFC West, which would be Brady would have to go as a wild card and win probably three straight road games in order to advance to the Super Bowl, something he's never done despite the fact that he has been to nine Super Bowls in his career. So the Chargers are going to be faced with an interesting decision. Do we debut a brand new football stadium in LA in a marketplace that nobody cares about us where we're the seventh or the eighth most important team in this market with the Dodgers going all in with Mookie Betts and with David Price, with the Lakers having LeBron James and Anthony Davis, with the uh, with the Clippers having Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, with all of the attention being on Jared Goff and Sean McVay, and maybe some of the drama surrounding what's going to happen with Todd Gurley, the team, the Rams, having been to the Super Bowl in the last couple of years and having outsold you massively in this brand-new stadium. And you're telling me you're going to walk away from the only thing in the history of your franchise that everybody knows, Phillip Rivers, and you're going to replace him with a starting quarterback of Tyrod Taylor? No, that ain't working. That is not cutting through the noise. There is not a remote chance at all of that being a valid decision for that franchise to make. 
Now, they draft number six overall, so you could certainly go get Justin Herbert. There's a possibility that you could trade up and try to go get Tua. Maybe, just possibly, that's a move that the Chargers are going to look at. But if they're going to be in the free agent quarterback market, to me, it's a no-brainer of all of the people that are out there that might be willing to make a move. Cam Newton makes, in theory, the most sense. And you could probably get him for a song because he's owed, I believe, $20 million in this final year of his deal. So you effectively, if you want to create a stir and at least get some interest, if you believe that Cam Newton has the possibility to be anywhere near the MVP caliber quarterback that he was back in 2015, when he appeared like he was going to be the Patrick Mahomes of the NFL, when his team was 17-1, and when he was the reigning MVP, when he had a chance to win the Super Bowl right before the Denver Broncos beat the crap out of him, and Von Miller went out and stole Cam Newton's MVP, and Cam Newton has not been the same player since. Since 2016, he's effectively thrown the same number of touchdowns as interceptions. He's been a mediocre quarterback in this league for 2016, 17, 18, and the two games that he played in 2019. But if you believe you could bring back some of the vim, the vigor, the vitality of Cam Newton, remember this is a guy who said he didn't want to be a football player. He wanted to be an icon. You bring him out to LA, he will get a ton of attention. And you don't have to necessarily commit to him for a long-range contract because it's possible that Cam has more in common right now with Andrew Luck right about the time he decided to retire than he does any other of the 30-something-year-old quarterbacks who still had a lot of gas left in the tank as they moved on in the NFL. I happen to think that Cam Newton, because of all the hits that he's taken, is probably closer to done than he is uh, to having four or five years left in this league. Now, that doesn't mean Cam Newton has been an incredible success story, I think. Other than Joe Burrow, Cam Newton has the greatest single college football season that I've ever seen. Cam Newton won the Heisman Trophy, won a national championship, won an MVP in the NFL, and went to the Super Bowl. There aren't very many quarterbacks who have done that in the history of the game. If he could have won the Super Bowl he would have stamped himself as one of the most successful college and pro quarterbacks of all time. Again, Heisman Trophy, National Championship, Super Bowl, and NFL MVP. There are not very many quarterbacks that are ever able to uh, attain that quadrant, that quad of superlative status. But I think he's close to done, but he's still a big luminescent star, the kind of guy that would make people care about the L.A. Chargers in a way that they don't right now. And again, I want to play that audio for you one more time. If you get asked whether or not Cam Newton is the future of your franchise and you respond thusly. Listen, I'm not a doctor. You know, and I said it a million times. Is he he healthy? And how does, I mean, he's not a doctor. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, different things can happen. But first is, is he healthy? Tell me that and then we can talk. Tell me that and then we can talk. I don't think that that is a very good sign for Cam Newton. I think he is going to be done in Carolina. And if that is the case, there's a lot of different angles and moving parts that are going to be associated with Cam's tenure 
in Carolina coming to a close. Agree or disagree with me, I'll bring in the crew. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Shoes and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation. 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We're talking about Cam and whether or not his future is in Carolina based on what his owner, David Tepper, said. And also, obviously, with Matt Rule, Joe Brady, the new brain trust running the Carolina Panther franchise. Let me bring in the crew. And then we got our favorite caller, 83-year-old Barbara from Louisiana, wants to weigh in. But uh, but let me start with uh, with Danny G. Do you think Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers week one of this upcoming season? Well, let's just say if the network's owners made a comment like that about you, I would tell the rest of the staff, uh, we're going to have a new leader. (laughs) Yeah. Outkick might be moving to a different network. Yeah. I like Cam to the Chargers. It sounds good to me. I feel like LA would come out to watch him one year, 19 million left. That's a number you could live with. I would still draft Justin Herbert and follow the Chiefs' lead with how they brought Mahomes along at their own pace. Yeah. Now, one year, $19 million is not that bad. Now, Cam would probably want an extension uh, if he were traded from to somebody. Uh, so maybe you use Cam as a two- or three-year bridge, uh, or maybe you don't. Maybe you just say to Cam, you know what, we'll see how it goes, and you would have the opportunity to franchise him at the end of the year uh, because $19 million is not a bad number for a quarterback to be on the hook for. Uh, what about you, Dub? Do you think, Cam, you're an Auburn guy. Uh, do you think that Cam is effectively done in Carolina when you hear a quote like that from David Tepper? Yeah, it's not looking too good for Cam Newton right now if he wants to stay in Carolina, which he says he does. So I believe he will get traded, and I love the Chargers for Cam because, like you mentioned in the opening segment, he wants to be an icon, and where do people move when they want to become icons? They go to Los Angeles. He's yep. going to have the bright lights. You I mean you see how he dresses. He's who anyone who dresses like that has to just automatically love L.A. So he'll. I like L.A. for Cam, and I agree with Danny G. I think they should still use their first round draft pick in L.A. to draft a quarterback, just like the Chiefs did with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. And as for the Panthers, David Tepper's been very, very aggressive since he took over. The Carolina Panthers giving Matt Rule that huge contract, going out to get Joe Brady. So I believe they're going to be very aggressive in the draft as well. I don't think they're going to be sitting around with their number seven pick and just waiting to see who drops and falls to them. I think they're going to be a very live team when it comes to drafting, trading up and getting a higher draft pick, maybe that two or number three pick to try and get two or someone else, maybe Justin Herbert. So. That is how I see this move going down. Cam Newton is probably out, and then I think Carolina in turn is going to be very aggressive before the draft. Let me say this, too. I would not be stunned if before all is said and done, the Carolina Panthers bringing in Joe Brady, if he and Matt Rule are sitting around and they are debating what to do at quarterback, if they love Joe Burrow, there is literally no price you can pay that's too much if the quarterback ends up being a stud. In other words, you know, people say, oh my God, I can't believe what X team gave up to go get the number one pick. There's nothing you could give up. If you find out, if if you're right about Joe Burrow and he is going to be your quarterback for the next 15 or 16 years and he's going to win you a couple of Super Bowls, 
there is no price that you can give up that would be too much. So I wonder on some level, what is Joe Brady saying to Matt Rule about Joe Burrow? If you believe in Joe Brady and you are sitting around paying him millions of dollars and you and Matt Rule says, you know what, you're right, Joe. We got to go get the other Joe, Joe Burrow. Why not with David Tepper sit down with him and figure out everything that you have to do in order to go get him? There's no price you could pay that would be too much. Especially when you're a young team that's probably in the rebuilding mode. Even, even, and this may be crazy, and some of you are going to think, my God, what in the world are you contemplating here, Clay? Even if it meant you had to give up Christian McCaffrey. Yes, I'm saying it. If you think you are a team that is in a rebuilding mode and Christian McCaffrey, as good as he is, is a running back, and we've seen what happens with running backs, they hit walls, they expect big contracts. If you went to the Bengals and said, hey, Christian McCaffrey and our first round pick for your number one pick, is that not a good deal for the Bengals, but also maybe for the Carolina Panthers? I just, it's something that I would consider if you are convinced that Joe Burrow is the guy and he is going to be a stud for years and years in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey and your first round pick for the Bengals number one. Is that a pick the Bengals have to take? It's at least worth thinking about. Eddie, is that a crazy trade offer for the Panthers? If you are convinced, if you're David Tepper and you know down the line you're going to have to pay. $15, $16 million a year minimum to Christian McCaffrey, and you think you are a part of a rebuilding franchise, Christian McCaffrey and your first-round pick for the number one overall pick to get Joe Burrow. Is that not a decent deal that both sides would have to think about if the Panthers are truly convinced that Joe Burrow is a franchise quarterback who's going to be their guy for a decade-plus? I would absolutely do it. I mean, look, we talk about the Herschel Walker trades, the Ricky Williams trades. You know, those guys were running backs. This is a quarterback league, and we're talking about, as you said, a franchise quarterback, the most important position on all of football. You have that set for the next decade or so. That's and you have huge. the perfect coaching staff. It's huge. Him. I would absolutely do it. I would absolutely do it. What about you, Dub? Is that a trade you'd make? I don't think it's enough for the Bengals, to you be don't quite th- honest. And that's, that's crazy, too, if you say that. I mean, like, Christian McCaffrey, who's arguably the best skill position playmaker right now in the NFL. And that would be just a sign of how, la- how much lack of value there is for the running back. You just don't think it's enough value. I think they'd have to throw in probably another second-round pick and then quite possibly a- another first-round pick for next, for next season if they're going to – get the Bengals to really consider giving up that number one pick. but Where's the Panthers pick right now? They're number seven right now. Yeah, so the number seven and Christian McCaffrey you don't think is enough for the number one pick? It wouldn't be enough for me if I'm in love with Joe Burrow, which I'm sure the Cincinnati Bengals are. Yes, sorry. If the Bengals are truly in love with Joe Burrow, then there's there's nothing that anybody should offer to them that they're willing to give up that pick for. Let me say that, right? But it's the Bengals, right? So I don't necessarily trust their evaluation. And I think Christian McCaffrey and the number seven overall pick is, if you're not in love with Joe Burrow, a pretty incredible haul. Theoretically, that would still allow you to take, let's say the Bengals like Justin Herbert. Let's say they've sat around and they've done all their due diligence and they look at Justin Herbert and say, hey, we love this guy. Or maybe they like uh, Jordan Love 
or maybe they like uh, Jake Fromm and they don't think there's a lot of difference between Jake Fromm and Joe Burrow in the end, they could trade back and still get a first-round quarterback, add Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't know. I mean, that that's something I think you have to consider. Well, and there's still the layer because, you know, Joe Burrow's had comments in recent uh, recent weeks where he kind of beats around the bush of to me of saying, you know, he doesn't seem not like he really choice. wants to go to the Bengals. Right. So if he ends up pulling an Eli Manning here, that could be something where teams around the league and I think Carolina would be the most aggressive in doing so. If he comes out and says, look, I'm not playing in Cincinnati. I'm, I want to be the number one pick, but Cincinnati is not the destination for me. Then watch out for Carolina because they have Joe Brady. And like I said, David Tepper seems like a very, very aggressive guy, and he means business. So I think that would be a team that would go out and do anything they could to go get him. What do you think about my proposed trade there, Danny G? Christian McCaffrey and the number seven pick for the Bengals' number one pick so the Panthers could go get Joe Burrow. And by the way, maybe they could add another pick or two later in the draft if they just moved Cam Newton on somewhere else, right? Like maybe somebody else would give – uh, a little bit m- maybe there's enough demand for Cam Newton from the Bears let's say to get a second or a third round pick so you've cleared the deck there as well before you bring in uh, your quarterback of the future well a mix in McCaffrey backfield would be pretty sick but I guess I would want to know who the Bengals could bring in at QB like is there anyone in free agency at the quarterback position do you think that would make sense for them I mean, look, I think they could look kick the tires on Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, if, if you are the Bengals and you suddenly had Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Mixon, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with A.J. Green and Christian McCaffrey, that seems to me to be a pretty stocked backfield, right? Uh, and then at wide receiver, if A.J. Green comes back healthy, that seems like it could change things pretty quickly for them. And my assumption, we talked about this yesterday, is that Drew Brees is going to come back and so you would be likely to go, if Drew Brees comes back, make the decision, Taysom Hill is going to be our quarterback of the future in uh, in uh, New Orleans, and then that would open up the quarterback position. Now, it appears also that they're willing, the news is out there, to do what whatever it takes to move on from Andy Dalton. So, uh, so maybe there's also an additional pick that the Bengals could get that way. Uh, but you could get Teddy Bridgewater, and probably with the number seven overall pick, either go get another talented playmaker there, or trade back and get your quarterback of the future later in the first round. Who would that be? Like, that, that would be like Jordan Love, maybe? Jordan Love, or and although he seems to be moving up on the draft boards, but Jake Fromm, a guy who would have been higher rated than Joe Burrow coming into this season out of the SEC, or maybe you like uh, Jacob Eason, you know, big, strong quarterback out of Washington who's going to be a late first round, early second round style guy. You could still draft a quarterback pretty high, you just wouldn't be getting Joe Burrow. Um, and, 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 and who knows? I mean, by the way, with that seven pick, you could try and, and pick, you know, pair it with something else and maybe move back up and, uh, and still get Tua um, for the Bengals. You know, maybe you like Tua more than you do Burrow. I don't know. It's at least something to think about. Um, and again, I think Carolina is the linchpin here, and those quotes from David Tepper make me think it could make sense. I think Barbara in Louisiana, she's 83 years old. She's one of our favorite calls. She wants to weigh in on the NFL free agent market. Barbara, what do you think? What do you think about my trade idea uh, with Cam Newton? Do you think he's got a lot of years left with Carolina? Okay, Clay, um, I didn't have any comment on Cam Newton, but I, something's been on my mind yeah. about 
um, Brady and I want to discuss it. So I'll just hold on. No, no, you go you ahead. Me. Tell me, tell me what, tell me what about what, what about Brady's been on your mind? Okay. Anyway, when I, when I heard a broadcast that Tom Brady was moving somewhere in Connecticut, I said to myself, "That's near New York." And I said, it sure would be wonderful if he could consider playing for the New York Giants. So when Eli announced his retirement, I started thinking about the glory days that Tom could bring back to New York. Clay, he definitely would win that East Division, and he could possibly win the NFC Championship and go to the Super Bowl. Now, when the speculation came about the possibility of him going to the Titans, the Raiders, and the Chargers, I said, well, one thing, the, 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 the Titans have a good quarterback. And as for the concerning the Raiders and the Chargers, why would he consider playing in a division where Patrick Mahomes would be a thorn in his side? Yep. So I said, he may as well stay with the Patriots. So now, just as Tom sat watching Drew Bledsoe, Daniel could learn from him. And Tom would do something that has never been done before. When Joe Willie was successful with the Jets in the AFC and retired with the NFC Rams, nothing came of that. Yep. Joe Montana was successful with San Francisco in the NFC. He retired with the AFC, nothing. So it's possible for Tom to do what no quarterback has ever done, win a championship in both leagues. Okay, so I just regret I didn't announce my Super Bowl picks early in the season, Clay, because I would be feeling just like you feel, okay? Uh, Barbara, how many uh, – so did you have any kids? No, sir. I don't have any kids. I'm 83. I know cause that's why if I had a grandchild, his show would be like you and uh, – and, and, um, you, you, because I love your diction. I love your logic. I just love everything. Well, about I love you. I, the reason why I was asking is I do think this is an interesting question. Why did they move? And I know you know the line is if Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. But that is an intriguing part of this d- discussion. Why did I've got three boys? Right, my my kids are twelve, nine, and five. And if we decided to suddenly move uh, out of uh, out of my house now, where we live now, why would we move? It would probably be because my wife eventually decided, you know what, we need to move somewhere new, right? I, I, I don't know if I would ever move again. We're good where we are. But if I moved, it would be a sign that we are deciding to change something in our life. And I do think you're right. Why would If you're in New England and you've been there for years and years, why do you decide to move? I do think that's a really intriguing part of the dynamics in the Brady household. Exactly, exactly. And like you say, California is no place to be raising children, not with those laws they have on the book. And I'm thinking it might come as a shock or a surprise. I would, wouldn't be surprised, but I hope and pray he does go to the New York Giants and bring that city out again and be the first one in history to win a championship in both leagues. Going from the AFC to the NFC, that's a feather in anyone's cap. Now, that, that is impressive, but you're in Louisiana where almost everybody is a Saints fan. Who is your team? Are you a Giants fan? Uh, not me. I have never been a Saints fan. Yeah. I have never I have never been a Saints fan because I lived in California for when I was in my 30s. Yeah. I was an Oakland Raider fan. And then I lived in Denver. I was a Denver co- a fan. Now I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan. You I know? don't blame you. That's a good person to be a fan of. 
Yes, but then I was before Patrick came on the scene. I was a Seattle Seahawk fan, but uh, other than that, uh, that's where I am. But like you say, um, uh, I, I, I'm not a New Orleans fan. I live right down here. I don't live in New Orleans. I live in a little community called Terrytown. Oh, by the way, Clay, I, I'm a poetry writer. I do acrostic poetry. May I send you some of my poetry? Because it's very spiritual. It's very inspiring, and your wife would hang that up in your house, and your house would be blessed. Well, I need it. I, I need to be blessed as much as I can. Barbara, so hang on, Barbara, here. Danny G, get Barbara's phone number, but more importantly, give her the direct uh-huh. line. Thank you, Barbara. Okay. Have a good... Okay. Have I mean, a good and God, uh, God bless you, Clay. Thank you for the call. We need to make sure that Barbara doesn't ever have to wait. All right? So, yeah, she's uh, we, great. She is fantastic. Danny G, uh, I want you to make sure she has the direct line. So anytime she wants to call in, we can get her on uh, without her having to wait in line and or deal with the fact that our phones in Nashville may or may not be working. So we're going to put – I don't know that we've ever done this before. We're going to advance Barbara into Hall of Fame call status where she gets a direct line where she can reach us at any point in time, anytime during the show. So this is like uh, if we were uh, – if we had an OutKick caller Hall of Fame is that a unanimous accord that we should put Barbara in? Is oh, there yeah. any, anybody object? Yeah. Anybody? Uh, Eddie, you you in agreement as well? Yeah, absolutely. Danny, is she the one who sent us the king cake back in the day? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, the king cake is pretty outstanding. Yeah, uh, it was. It was really good. I had a couple of king cakes. They had them in the press box for the LSU game against uh, uh, Clemson down for the national championship in New Orleans. And uh, I've my buddy Dan Wetzel. I was like, what are you eating there? I said, like a king cake. And he was like, is that any good? And I was like, man, you got it. And he ended up having three or four of them, I think. They're, they're, it's <laughs> yeah. impossible to say no to those things. Uh, all right, so when we come back, uh, we have got a, a great let's, – let's go ahead and put the – I'll open up the phone lines here. Outkick debate. Did you guys see this viral video of the, uh, of the guy? It's, it's all over social media. The guy who was a big man, I think, like six foot seven or whatever – and a woman reclined her seat directly into him, and so he was just like hitting the back of her seat over and over and over again. Did everybody yeah. see that video? He had the last seat in the plane, so he couldn't recline his chair, but she was reclining hers yeah. into his legs. I There are very few things I feel more strongly about. Now, I'm not defending that guy for being able to hit the back of the chair over and over again. I wouldn't do it, but airplane seats should not recline, period. They shouldn't recline, and I think that one of the true ways to tell whether somebody is an awful human being or not is whether they recline their seat. I really do believe this. I think it says a lot about you. I never recline my seat. Neither I'm do six I. six foot, 180 pounds. I am a decent-sized guy, bigger than most people, and I can't even imagine if you're larger than me. But, you know, let's say I have a laptop on the plane or whatever. If someone reclines their seat and you are sitting in coach and you are a decent-sized human like I am – it's impossible for you to sit in your seat and then you feel like, well, I now am obligated to recline my seat and it's just a never-ending process. It's like the person in the football stadium who stands up and there's no major event going on and then you look and there's like 20 people who have to stand up behind that guy because they have to be able to see. And I understand standing up occasionally for big plays, but if you're the person who stands up in a game for the entirety of the game – I think you're kind of being a jerk because you're impacting everybody else around you. I think reclining the seat guy is the worst human being on the planet. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Barbara, uh, who's been inducted into the Outkick Caller Hall of Fame. I don't think we put anybody else ever in the Outkick Caller Hall of Fame. Uh, phenomenal reaction already from uh, from social media. I'll read a few of the reactions here. Uh, Travis Park says, if Barbara replaced Max Kellerman in on first take, it would be the highest rated show on television. 
uh, father of UK. Barb is the goat of Outkick callers. Kudos to Clay Travis and the Outkick squad for putting Barber from the Bayou in the Hall of Fame. Jesus, Barbara almost cert- most certainly deserves Hall of Fame status. She is awesome. Uh, long live Barbara. Barbara needs her own weekly segment. Barbara, what a great call to start the day. Barbara dropping knowledge this morning about Tom Brady. Whoa, you should have Barbara on your show every week. That lady is something. I absolutely love Barbara. Uh, that's about 10 people. First 10 responses on social media. You can find me all the time at Clay Travis uh, on Twitter there and uh, weigh in. We have a bunch of people who want to weigh in on my proposed uh, trade that I just came up with in hour one, and then we'll go into the great debate about the reclining of the uh, of the seat on an airplane. Uh, but if you're just waking up with us, I came out with a proposal. I said, hey, Joe Burrow uh, is a great relationship with Joe Brady. It sounds like the Carolina Panthers are ready to move on from Cam Newton. They got a new head coach in Matt Rule, relatively new owner in David Tepper. What if they offered Christian McCaffrey and their number seven overall pick to the Bengals for number one? Do you take it if you are the Bengals? Uh, what are the what are the callers saying here, Dub? All right, let's go straight to the source. We got Sean in Cincinnati. Sean, what do you think? Hey, man. Uh, sorry, I don't have any poetry for you to hang up. Uh, Hard to follow up that call. But I do want to say uh, with the Bengals, they already have Joe Mixon. Um, It's not a huge step down than Christian McCaffrey, and they have holes all over their roster. I think they need draft picks to build an offensive line to build defense more than anything if they're going to make that trade. Okay, so you just don't – thanks for the call. You just don't particularly think that the combination of Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon would be one that makes as much sense for the Bengals given all their other needs. I can see that. Uh, Who's up next? Uh, We got Blue in Kentucky. Blue, what do you think? I think a Christian McCaffrey trade makes a lot of logic because, you know, he's a running back, and if they're going to rebuild, he doesn't have a lot of value for him. I do – I don't like the Bengals grabbing Joe Burrow with no offensive line to protect him. That's like getting a Lamborghini with no insurance. And on the plane issue, I'm a I'm six five myself, and I remember last summer Cam Newton trying to pay a guy. To <laughs> yeah, that's right. Seat. That's right. And I think those are the worst people in the world. And then they'll give you the stink eye when you're trying to get up and you're moving their chair because yeah. you're, you're you can't keep from touching their chair. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. I mean, I, I feel like this is one of the few things where being a decent height actually works against you. Dub, did anybody else want to weigh in on the proposed trade? Yeah, we got Tommy in Kentucky. Tommy, what you got? Well, in my opinion, I would say take Joe Burrow. They would be insane to pass up on him. We I, we already got Mixon. I know we got plenty of other holes and uh Injuries tend to plague us year in and year out, but I think Burrow is going to be one of those uh, once in a generation type players, and you cannot pass up on him. That I, I'm just glad that we had two calls from Kentucky and both the cell phones worked. Uh, all right, when we come back. The great debate: who's in the right and who's in the wrong? The recliners or the non-recliners? We will discuss to start off hour two. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hour number two underway. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Thursday wherever across the country you may be. If you missed the first hour, you need to go grab the podcast. We inducted Barbara uh, from Louisiana into the Outkick Caller Hall of Fame. First ever. 
first ever caller Hall of Fame inductee. She gets an automatic special number where she can call without ever having to wait in line. Universal popular popular acclamation agreement, which is rare on social media, has followed. Uh, in hour one, we discussed the Carolina Panthers and the fact that it feels like they're ready to move on from Cam Newton. I floated a proposed trade hypothetical which also received a lot of reaction. I said, what if the Carolina Panthers approached the Cincinnati Bengals and said, we will give you Christian McCaffrey and our number one first-round pick, which is the number seven overall pick, in exchange for your number one pick so we could go get Joe Burrow. So Christian McCaffrey and the number seven for the number one pick, which would allow the Carolina Panthers, who recently brought in Joe Brady, to draft Joe Burrow Is that a trade you would make if you were the Cincinnati Bengals? I think I need to put that up as a poll question and let everybody vote on that. What was the full verdict of the crew? Did we get a full verdict on that? Let me play you. This is the audio, by the way. David Tepper, the new owner of the Carolina Panthers, was asked about Cam Newton, and this is what I listened to and said. To me, this is a sign that this guy is not a believer in Cam Newton. Because if you were, first of all, it's not like Cam Newton had reconstructive shoulder surgery, right? He has an injured foot. He has Liz Frank surgery. And we'll talk with Dr. Chow about this in hour three. But this is not an injury that is so significant that you have to worry about somebody being able to come back and play with it, right? I mean, this is a, especially in the NFL context, this is a relatively minor surgery. So if you were committed to Cam Newton, when you're asked about your thoughts on Cam Newton going forward, you would say, oh, Cam Newton's our quarterback. Instead, David Tepper said this. Listen, I'm not a doctor. You know, and I said it a million times. Is he is he healthy? And how does, I mean, he's not a doctor. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, different things can happen. But first is, is he healthy? Tell me that and then we can talk. So... That's not, I'm sorry. They owe him $19 million. He's got one year remaining. I said that I think maybe the LA Chargers could make sense for Cam. But when you hear that audio and it sounds like the Panthers are moving on from Cam or at least would be interested in doing so, you know Kyle Allen and Will Greer didn't really pick up the baton and convince you that they're the guy. So if you're going to bring in Joe Brady and Matt Rule, and you've got a brand new regime that you're giving control of in Carolina. If Joe Brady says, hey, Joe Burrow is the guy, trust me on this. Christian McCaffrey is going to be uh, have to be paid in a couple of years. What does he have left? Is he two or three years into his contract right now? Does anybody remember? Somebody looked that up. Is he in his third? I can't remember off the top of my head whether he's in his third year, whether he just finished his third year or he just finished his second year. I think he just finished his second year. But it might be his third. Everything runs together when you get to be my age. So you know that he's going to expect, regardless, a monster contract in the next couple of years. Because you get, in the first round, a four-year deal. And then you get a fifth year where you have an option to pick it up. But you know that Christian McCaffrey is going to want a monster deal at running back. He's about to start his third year. That's something that you have to stare down. Maybe he plays this year, and then next year he's going to expect a big dollar contract. Would you move him and the number seven overall pick for the number one overall pick? I think that could make some sense. Would you Would you accept that trade if you were the Cincinnati Bengals' Danny G? I don't hate it, but I don't love it either because running back is not the biggest need for the Bengals. 
I think they would need something juicier than that. I mean, McCaffrey is a great talent, don't get me wrong, but because you have a couple of really decent running backs already for Cincinnati, if I'm the Bengals, I stick with drafting Burrow. He's the best asset. Now, look, if the Detroit Lions, let's say at number three, let's say you're in love with Tua instead of Joe Burrow, in theory, he's the best asset that the uh, that the Carolina Panthers have. You might be able to get the number three overall pick and still go get Tua if the Lions are committed to uh, Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford has never really had a good running back. So if I'm the Lions, I might love that trade. And I bet there's some Lions fans right now listening to us saying, oh, you know, if you gave Matthew Stafford finally a really good running back and a guy who's great out of the backfield too, playing in a dome where Christian McCaffrey would look even faster, that's maybe a move that could make sense. I'm not sure that you have to give up Christian McCaffrey to get the number three pick. Uh, maybe there's something else that the the Carolina Panthers could could put together. But that's at least an idea as well. Would you said you wouldn't make the trade, Dub? You needed more. If I'm the Bengals, and by the way, this is an error on stats and information's department. It's he's about to start his fourth year. I can't count to four. So McCaffrey's about to start his fourth year. So who made but, that error initially? You or Danny? That G? was that was me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So oh. I'm sure we're getting blown up by that right now. So if he's about to start his fourth year, then the contract talks are are truly going to begin in earnest if they haven't already. And, and look, I don't blame Christian McCaffrey, but he's going to want more money than any running back has ever made in the history of the NFL, right? I mean, that that if I'm representing him, and I believe Endeavor is his agency, if I'm sitting around at Endeavor, I'm saying, okay, we're going to start at Zeke plus a million and a half a year based on what he's done out of the backfield and running and without really much offense around him otherwise. So I am definitely of the opinion that I deserve $15 million plus a year. And if you're the Carolina Panthers and he's about to start his fourth year, is that really a guy that you feel like you want to commit 70 or $80 million to? I think that's the question you have to ask. So, uh, okay, so he's about to enter his fourth year, but that's not a trade you would make. Well, if I'm the Bengals, and like our caller from Cincinnati, Sean, I believe his name was, they have a lot more issues than having two really good running backs. I think they need as many picks as possible if they're going to be trading out that number one pick. And they, if they do decide to trade for McCaffrey, they still have Joe Mixon. They could maybe trade him away for more picks. I think the goal of the Bengals should be to get as many picks as humanly possible if they don't end up taking that first overall pick. What about the Lions? I mean, that's a hell of a move, right? If you're the Lions and you could trade out, let's say you switch third and seventh and you were able to get Christian McCaffrey, because I think so many people are going to want to get up there to be able to get to it, that there's going to be a lot of value, assuming that the Bengals did take Joe Burrow. Uh, that would be a heck of a move, wouldn't it? If you're the Lions and you've never really had a great running back behind Matthew Stafford, can you imagine suddenly having Matthew Stafford with Christian McCaffrey as a weapon like that? Yeah, that would definitely be a move because they did draft Auburn running back on Johnson, but he's had some injury issues, so he hasn't really been reliable because he's missed so many games. But that would definitely be something that would excite Lions fans, having finally having a running back after Barry Sanders. I mean, look, I think that Christian McCaffrey right now is the best running back in the NFL. When you consider what he can do out of the backfield and you consider what he's been able to do uh, and the fact that there's almost no real offense outside of him for the Carolina Panthers, I think he is the best running back right now in the NFL. Now, he's entering into his fourth year. I don't know how many more good years he has, three or four. I mean, that's the sad thing about running backs in general. They don't have a great deal of durability. 
But if you thought you had three or four good years left for him, that's probably how many good years Matthew Stafford has left. Maybe that's your roll of the dice if you're Matt Patricia. That's something to think about as well. Would you take my proposed trade? Christian McCaffrey in the number seven overall pick for the number one, uh, Eddie. No, I would need a little more than that if I'm Cincinnati because I think he is the real deal. If I'm going to let go a quarterback like that, I'm going to have to have multiple picks that I can really kind of reorganize my whole organization. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. What about you, Roberto? Uh, hell no. I love Joe Burrow. By the way, are you dead? Uh, I'm, I'm getting progressively worse uh, today. Uh, it's really bad right now. I'm actually kind of impressed <laughs> that you came into work because most people don't come into work if they have a hangnail on this show, but you actually sound like death. Yeah, it's gotten worse. Is this a cold or do you have coronavirus? No, it's a cold. It's yeah. a cold, yeah. I think it might be coronavirus. Uh, uh, and by the way, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep making coronavirus jokes as soon as it gets here. <laughs> have you guys seen? Did you see like Danny G? That's that, why I drink those seggies. I don't drink Corona. Yeah, yeah. Did you see? Somebody sent me the link uh, that they had on yesterday. We had the guy on the Princess Cruise. Yeah, Carl. Carl. They added another. What's the number? So I don't want to get this wrong. Like another uh, sixty-five or something. People got coronavirus on his uh, yeah. on his ship. Did so you see scary. That? I saw that. I mean, it's. I feel like that's just like the ship of death. And he was so calm on it in general. But I'm like, oh my god! Like this is this is unbelievable. Uh, Japan reported 44 more cases of virus on the quarantine ship. Damn. Because he was like, oh, things seem to be getting better. There are fewer people getting it. And then, boom, 44 more people in a day is pretty crazy. Uh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. I would um, jump off the boat. I would want to jump off the boat for sure. <laughs> All right, I thought we were going to get into our great debate about, the, uh, about whether or not you can recline, but now we've got not very much time and uh, we're going to be joined by Chris Mannix here in a minute. So I want to give time for that debate. Uh, so let's do this. Uh, we will go to break here momentarily, and we'll talk to Chris Mannix, and then we'll do the debate at the end of hour two leading into hour three. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds Before perfect. Before Dr. Chow, and I'll get Chris Mannix's opinion on whether or not he believes that seats should be able to recline. I tend to think this is going to turn into a how tall are you. I think what height you are has a lot to do with your opinion on whether or not seats can recline. For instance, our boy Jeff Schwartz, if you're like 6'7 and you're sitting in a, uh, in a coach class seat, you literally cannot move. I'll tell you this, like I, the, I, the worst flight experience of my life, I had explosive diarrhea, I was sick to my stomach, I'd been throwing up like crazy, I was in LA and I had to fly to, uh, I had to fly to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. I don't even remember what SEC championship game it was. I feel like maybe it was one of the Missouri-Alabama games or Missouri-Auburn or whatever the heck it was. I don't remember. But what I do remember is I was in coach way in the back, and it was one of those huge planes, you know, with like – it was like the ones you fly overseas on. It had, Yeah, there you go. It had two seats on each side, and then it had five in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? Like the big jumbo liner planes. And I was smack dab in the center of the plane. So I was in coach in the very back of the plane. There was five in the middle. And I was dead set in the middle. Third seat in the five. So, I mean, like, you're literally, you got two people on either side of you. And the person in front of me reclined their seat all the way. And I thought I was going to die. I mean, that's like a whatever it is, four, you know, five-hour flight. And I was sitting there sweating bullets. Like, I had to get there to go do the SEC game. Somebody reclines the seat in front of me, and I wanted to strangle to death the person in front of me because I literally couldn't move an inch. 
and and I was thinking to myself, the fact that they ever allowed seats to recline is the worst decision that was ever made in the history of the airplane invention. Should have never happened. Uh, but we will talk about that. We'll have that debate at the end of hour two, leading into hour three. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be
Carolina's uh, moving on from Cam, is my opinion. We played the audio for you of their owner, David Tepper. If the Panthers offered Christian McCaffrey and their number seven pick to the Bengals, so the Panthers could draft Joe Burrow number one, should the Bengals take it? Almost immediately, first of all. My favorites are the people who are just adamantly uh, opposed uh, in, in, this, uh, in the, in the get-go. Uh, but this is, uh, this is interesting. 53% of our voters so far say yes with the first 1,000 votes in. Uh, you can go vote and uh, get your comments in as well. Uh, at Clay Travis on Twitter. Chris Mannix with us now. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at SI Chris Mannix. And we begin with uh, a massively important question. Chris, how how tall are you? I'm 6'3". Okay, so you're a big guy. What is your opinion on airplane seats that recline? I, I am not... I, I don't recline. Yep. And I know what you're talking about, the video. And, yes. And the... the uh, my my general policy is if somebody reclines like that, especially if they go all the way back, yeah, they are probably going to spend some of the flight with my knee in their directly in, like, in the small of their back. Yes, directly in the small of their back. Yes, that's that's generally what's going to happen. So, and you think, and my argument is for guys that are a decent height, right? Like my wife is five two or five three or whatever the heck she is. Like she's got a lot of space on a coach flight seat. So I don't think she genuinely thinks about it very much. If she reclines her seat, I'm six foot. I think if you're a decent sized guy, the minute somebody reclines, it's like you're in prison. Like you can't move on a, on a typical coach flight. Well, you also kind of, you know, poke your head up and if I see a man or a woman that's like you know 5'10 or under you look at them like do you really need to do this like if there's a guy in front of me that if there's like an NBA player in front of me I I can accept some recliners like I understand that you're already you know jammed into that seat but if you're a a smallish type of person you're still reclining um I I can't I can't handle that I just can't I, I will I will periodically kind of stick my I won't bang the seat like the guy did yes but I will stick my knee up and just press it there really hard so that right they in their back there. yeah no I right. mean I, I don't think there's any doubt and you work I'm sure try to work sometimes on planes as well you can't use a laptop if somebody reclines directly no. in front of you like you can't use and your this, tray and this is like it's it's you know first world stuff but it's like this is literally why I will make sure I like I'm a delta flyer that I make sure I fly delta everywhere no matter what because the odds of getting the upgrade are just too high versus the the alternative. It's it's literally the difference between working for four or five hours and just sitting there being miserable for four or five hours. This turns into, and this is kind of you'll probably know this, but I bet a lot of people out there don't know this. For like television contracts, this turns into a negotiable yeah. ne- negotiable part of your television contract. Like whether or yeah. not you get first class if you're traveling for TV is something that your agent will have to go back and forth sometimes with negotiating with the uh, with the company uh, because if you're trying to work or, you know, like the difference between being able to just have a normal flight and getting absolutely crushed, especially if you're traveling cross-country, for like an hour and a half flight or something like that, I don't think it's as bad. But when you're talking about four or five hours or, God forbid, like you've been traveling recently, like going overseas, I mean, it's a difference between being able to basically be functional when you get off and not. Yeah, it, it it is. I mean, and you're right with you know I do some TV stuff for for DAZN and boxing and, and NBC for for uh, basketball and boxing. But every time those negotiations come up, it it's a it's, it's a non-starter to do any kind of deal unless you yeah. get you know first class for for those types of trips. I mean, I I go to LA a lot. And yep. 
you know, you, you kind of, you know, working for SI, you don't uh, do that, but you, you, you sit there, like I wake up in the morning and I'm instantly checking the upgrade list to see what's happening. Like yeah. it's like just a, a, it's a process of watching to see if you're jumping up that list and if a seat or two opens up. We're talking to Chris Mannix at SI Chris Mannix squarely in the, by, by the way, I just think the rule should be no seat should recline or if they want to recline them, they should all be reclined from the get-go, right? Like, just set a policy in place of having them all one way or all the other way uh, because, like, getting screwed in, 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 on the process is, is awful to begin with. All right, let's or just, go. Or just, take, or just take a row or two out of seats, you cheap prick. Yeah, well, like, that would you also know, like, come on, like, that's, that would also help quite that. a bit as well. Uh, all right, we got the NBA All. I think there's, what, two games left before the NBA All-Star break? Am I right? Are there two games tonight? Uh, yeah, the one in Boston that I'll be at for the Clippers, yeah. Um, all right, so there's two games remaining, but basically we are at the all-star break. Giannis has become a massive favorite to be NBA MVP, so I want to start here. Is there any chance, any assuming he doesn't get injured, which I think you have to toss out as the caveat, is there any way anybody else is an MVP candidate to legitimately give him a run? I don't see it. I mean, I'm a voter, and I look at the kind of Shaq you know, early career type numbers that Giannis is putting up combined with the fact that the Bucks are still on pace to win, you know, 70 ish games. I mean, that those are the two main criteria, right? You know, statistical success and team success. I just, I don't see a, a close second. I mean, you, you can argue LeBron and, and AD and, I don't really know if there's anybody else, quite Luka, frankly. I mean, Luca is up yeah. there just because he's yeah, at least but they, unique, they, they but faded a little. Yeah. Yeah, but they faded a little bit team-wise, so it, it doesn't I, – I don't think – you know, this could be one of those years, honestly, where it, it could wind up being unanimous or extremely close to because of the, the numbers Giannis is putting up. Uh, and, and as top uh, – as good as Giannis has been, and he won the MVP last year, he's been better this year. Uh, right now, the Bucks are minus 150, the most recent that I've seen at Fox Bet, to win the Eastern Conference in the NBA – do you believe anybody will actually give them a run this year? And if so, who? Yeah, look, I think there are a few teams that could do it. I mean, there, there's a, a sentiment out there that, well, and I've heard this from you know media types as well as NBA types. Um, you know, I've said that oh, well, there's no way the Bucks even get to six games in the playoffs. I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that Milwaukee team just because of the stakes with Giannis and if you know if they bow out early, the chance that he could he could pass on signing that contract extension, which would put them in an awful predicament. Uh, there's a lot of pressure there, and I look at Eric Bledsoe and I see a guy that the last two postseasons has has really struggled at key moments. I mean, two years ago he got completely outplayed by Terry Rozier in Boston. Uh, last year, the conference finals, he was among everybody in that Bucks roster that struggled against Toronto. There used to be a fallback there. I mean, M- Malcolm Brogdon was the fallback for. Uh, for Milwaukee, he's not there anymore. So if Bledsoe struggles again, uh, you know that could be problematic. And I look around the conference, and I mean Toronto. What are they riding like a 15-game winning streak at this point? I mean it's 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 just incredible the way they've been playing. You know, I think Boston at full strength is going to be problematic because of the offensive firepower that they have. And I, I just I don't think it's going to be quite as easy as some people think. I, I agree with the, the that they're a favorite, an overwhelming favorite, but I think at some point they're going to be tested, and I'm curious to see how guys like Bledsoe and and some of the guys that are there respond uh with the contest coming up I'm gonna have, I'm gonna bet on these on lock it in but I'm curious we got the three-point contest all-star game MVP rising stars game MVP you're an NBA guy you sit around and watch more games than 99.999 percent of the people who are listening to us right now 
who do you like in some of these contests? And I'll give you the favorites. Trey yep. Young, Joe Harris, Davis Bertans, Duncan Robinson, Buddy Heald, uh, Zach Levine, Devontae Graham are the guys I'm seeing for the three-point contest. Is there anybody that stands out there, that, and that's in the order that they're favored, by the way, anybody stands out there that you think this guy's going to kill it in the three-point contest? You know, I mean, the easy bet is probably Trey Young, but yeah. I, I like Davis Bertans in, in that spot. I mean, yeah. he, like when you consider the... The, the way that, you know, just it's, it's sort of getting into the weeds, but like the, the stand-up jump shot, like not moving. Trey Young's great in motion, yeah. you know, coming off screen, stuff like that. Davis Bertans, for the last couple of years, has been a guy who stands in a corner or stands on a wing and knocks down three-point shots. He's had such a good three-point shooting year. Uh, he'd be a sneaky good bet for me. Okay, that's four to one. So I may take that on, lock it in, and give you credit for it if it, if it hits. All-Star Game MVP. Uh, this is, uh, you know, an interesting one. LeBron and Giannis are the two favorites, followed by Anthony Davis and James Harden. Uh, those are the four most likely, according to Fox Bet. Who do you think? And this goes into motivation a lot, right? Like, who really wants to go all out in the All Star Game and win the All Star MVP? Who do you think cares a lot about this? Well, I mean, one I would say just because of how Giannis drafted his team, you know, where he said, "Oh, guys, yes. pass me the ball." Like I think he's going to have a pretty solid game. But you always look for kind of the hometown guy, and you know, Anthony Davis and Chicago. Uh, that's something that that I can see. And LeBron, you know, always aware of all this stuff. Like w- w- may try to find a way to help Anthony Davis get there. He doesn't care about about All Star Game MVP, but. Anthony Davis winning it in his hometown. Oh, that's a good uh, one. I think that's a variable. That is a very good one, and then you have, that pays off at plus five, uh, plus five fifty. So a little over five to one. Uh, this rising star game, a rising star MVP. You got Luca, Trey, Zion, John Morant. Does Zion seem like a good bet there as a guy to get a lot more attention since obviously he's not in the All Star game? Or do you think this is one where they'll only play some of these guys like ten or twelve minutes? Uh, what if anything do you like here? Yeah, I think, and I don't know who's coaching the. It's what the assistant coaches are from. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, there. So, uh, I, I don't think they're going to mess around with Zion. I really don't. I mean, Alvin Gentry is one of the most popular coaches in the league, and I, I don't think they're going to mess around too long. I, I like the, you know, I he says in the All Star game as well, but I like the Luca versus Trey Young kind of thing. You know, both these guys have been kind of are intertwined for the rest yeah. of their careers because they were traded for each other. I like that becoming a shootout at the end between two guys that can just bomb. And, you know, Luke is so competitive. I think he'll care enough about winning the MVP of that, of that game uh, to pull that one out. Okay, uh, let's go back to, like, kind of forward thinking to the second half of the season. Let me, just, let me say that the, yeah. the quickly on the dunk, the dunk contest there. Yeah, I, I don't see any odds guy. on the dunk contest, by the oh, way. Too bad. So, I, I would, I would have bet, bet on Pat Connaughton with Milwaukee because you mentioned guys that want it. Like, yeah. Pat Connaughton's been having the social media campaign for, like, three months. It's like hashtag let Pat dunk, and I know him pretty well. Uh, he's going to have some some stuff up his sleeve, and not a traditional pick for your dunk contest winner. I don't know why. Maybe the answer is because that's entirely judged by a uh, committee, but maybe that's why they yeah. don't have odds up for that. Because in theory, they get nervous when it's just like you know somebody could rig it, right? Like if you are betting and you're a judge, uh, maybe that's why that's not up and everything else is. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued by that because I'm looking right now and they don't have the dunk contest uh, mm. up on Fox Bet. All right, let's go. That's a good one, though, for people out there who may be trying to, to fill out uh, some, uh, some different uh, gambling picks. Let's go into the second half of the season. The Rockets are rolling the dice with uh, a style of play that we have never seen before in the modern era, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. 
they are effectively saying, we are going to play small ball, we're going to put up more threes than you are, and it's a big risk. Is Does it have a big reward, or do you think ultimately it's going to come uh, come up with a craps, a disaster here? Well, I mean, I think both those things can be true, that it, it has a potential bigger reward than the team they had constructed. I mean, I think it was pretty clear, you know, watching the Rockets with Clint Capella, that they were a really good team, a team that could win a first-round series, but one that had a ceiling. This team could easily get beat in the first round, but because of how dynamic they are offensively, they could catch everybody off guard and make you know one of those storybook-type runs. There, there are two things to watch for the Rockets in the second half of the season. One, how do they defend with this group? I mean, the last couple of games, I watched the Utah game and the Boston game, I've been shocked at how well they've defended. They've become... You know, obviously, really switchable. Everybody can guard everybody out there on the floor. It's going to be able to guard anybody, and you know that's been effective with PJ Tucker and, and and Robert Covington in the front court. The other is how disciplined can Russell Westbrook be? Because what the Jazz did to him, you know, a few nights ago, putting Rudy Gobert on him, that's something you're going to see bigger teams try to duplicate. And what they'll do is they'll plant that center, whether it's Gobert or Dwight Howard or Nikola Jokic, right in the middle of the floor and point to Russell Westbrook and say, you go ahead, you shoot threes, you shoot long twos. If you make them, we'll tip, your, tip our cats to them. He did that against Utah, you know, to extreme effect. Can he keep doing that the rest of the season? He has been incredibly disciplined at not shooting threes the last couple of months. He's taken that out of his game altogether. He made easy mid-range jump shots against the Jazz. Will he be tempted to just start bombing away, seeing all that space? Will he continue to go to the basket and look for easy opportunities? Um, so that is uh, the question about the Rockets. The uh, the other most interesting thing I think is uh, well, let me go. Let me before we get to the, your most biggest uh, surprise and biggest disappointment in the first half. Do you like the Wiggins trade? And what are the Warriors trying to set up here by trading for Wiggins and moving away uh, D'Angelo Russell like they did? You know, I think they'd like Andrew Wiggins to become their modern version of Harrison Barnes with that group. They're looking ahead to next year and seeing, you know, Steph and Clay back, Draymond back again. And, you know, they were a 70-plus win team with Harrison Barnes in that group. And, you know, Wiggins, you're asking a lot for him to become that type of three-point shooter, but, you know, he started to evolve his game as a three-point shooter. So I guess I could see that. And I, like everybody else, I think he'll be a little bit better as a third or fourth option uh, and not have that number one pick pressure on him as he had in Minnesota. I just my biggest issue was I thought you could have waited and had the same deal over the summer. I mean, it, I, I would I would have been curious to see what D'Angelo Russell and maybe the number one overall pick could get you in a trade. I mean, how do things shake out in the playoffs? Does Philly phase out and all of a sudden Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid become available? What happens in Washington if if they? gets to the offseason, and Bradley Beal says, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore. I just think that the potential return for D'Angelo Russell plus the number one pick is higher than Andrew Wiggins plus the number one pick. So, I, I, look, Minnesota's thirst for Russell is real. Like they, they would have chased him to the ends of the earth. So I think they would have been, here, been there uh, for Russell in the summertime. I, I just would have liked to have seen some more patience on the part of the Warriors and wait until the offseason. What do you think the Warriors' game plan is with those two first-round picks I think that they're going to have now, right? Like, are they planning on pairing that together to get one more player 
uh, it seems like, based on the Wiggins trade, that they think they can be back in the championship race. So I'm assuming they're going to try maybe not to use those picks themselves, but to try to get another player. Who would be that player? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know who that guy is because I don't know the value of these first-round picks this year. I mean, there's, there's a very widespread and growing perception that this year's draft stinks. Yeah. And, and you know that because picks are flying around at the trade deadline, both in actual deals and in, in offers. I mean, Boston was throwing around you know, draft pick offers to Washington for Bertans at the trade deadline. They're sitting on three first-round picks in this upcoming draft. And I don't know if they want even one of them. So I don't know, you know, if they can find some kind of front court help, some kind of big man that can play the the Andrew Bogut type of role. I would imagine that's a priority for them. Uh, Eric Pascal's been good for them this year, but maybe a veteran that fits that mold. But I, I just don't know what those picks are going to get you. There just isn't a lot of of desire to stockpile first round picks in this June's draft. Uh, all right, uh, last question for you. And we're talking to Chris Mannix at SI Chris Mannix. Who uh, is the biggest surprise and who is the biggest disappointment in your mind in the first half of the NBA season? Well, I mean, on, on a minor level, you know, you look at, at Oklahoma City trading away two All-Stars and still sitting there in sixth place in, in, the, Western, in the Western Conference. That's a big surprise to me. I mean, Toronto losing Kawhi Leonard. I think right now they have a better record than what they had last year is, is nothing short of remarkable. I mean, the steps taken forward by some of those young guys in the player development program. I mean, Pascal Siakam has been injured a little bit. Otherwise, he would be in, in my top five MVP debates. Those are the positive surprises. On the negative side, I just look, I know Portland's had some injuries, and you know, Zach Collins going out very early hurt them. But I just don't know why they broke up a team that went to the conference finals. I mean, they moved off Al Farouk Aminu. They moved off Evan Turner. I mean, they had a team that, that played well together, that had chemistry together, and went as far as any Portland team has done in a while, and, and the response to that is to move off these pieces and you know aim to play young guys like, like Anthony Simons and, and Collins and other guys at different positions. So that, to me, was, was a disappointment. You're watching, Clay, Damian Lillard have one of those unbelievable years, like one of those kind of Kobe years when the Lakers stunk. And it's kind of wasted because there's a pretty good chance that team doesn't make the playoffs and a year of Damian Lillard's prime just goes right on by. Good stuff, as always, my man. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy the All-Star game, and hopefully some of these uh, suggestions hits on the, uh, on the All-Star uh, bets. Definitely. You got it, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly 
O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires, shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, poll question is provoking all sorts of, uh, of anger uh, and also uh, argument already in the mentions. Uh, it seems as if Carolina is moving on from Cam. Uh, that is based on the David Tepper comments yesterday about Cam's health. If Panthers offered Christian McCaffrey and their number seven overall pick to the Bengals, so the Panthers could draft Joe Burrow number one with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Uh, Joe Brady, of course, the offensive passing game coordinator for Joe Burrow last year. Should the Bengals take it? 51% of you say no. 49% of you say yes. With over 10,000 votes cast in the first 30 minutes. This may end up being our most popular poll ever. 10,000 of you, again, have voted in the first 30 minutes, you can, and as I just clicked refresh, over 11,000 of you have voted in this poll question. Dan Orlovsky, uh, who used to come on the show quite a bit before he went to work for ESPN and they banned him, uh, said, can I click no for the next 24 hours nonstop? Uh, Jeff Schwartz, who comes on uh, weekly, was on with us yesterday. I set up a bot for to vote no for 24 hours. I got us covered. Schwartz also says... People don't understand running backs aren't 
valuable. Uh, so, uh, and what's also interesting is Bengal fans are somewhat uh, not okay with it, but sometimes Panther fans too. As a Panther fan, I'd be furious. McCaffrey's more valuable than that. Um, so, uh, so this is I, anyway. You can go look at all of the reactions that are pouring in there. When we start off hour three, we'll talk a bit more about this. We will discuss uh, the open of the show, which is we talked about Cam, but we will open up the phone lines to discuss the great debate, which has spiraled out of social media. It is this. Should you be able to recline your seat on the airplane? Who is on the right side? Who is on the right side of history here? People who are opposed to airplane seat reclining, or the recliners. We will discuss all that and more. This is OutKick. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Uh, By the way, Dr. David Chow will join us in hour three. We will talk about uh, the cam situation with him. Uh, we'll also discuss uh, the uh, the Tua injury news that has uh, seems to have him surging back up the draft board. And with the XFL going on, there's actually an injury that seems to be fairly significant for the Dallas Renegades. I can't believe I'm saying all this. Uh, Landry Jones has not played yet. Could he play on this weekend? And if so, how could that impact the line? All that and more. It will be the final hour of the program. I encourage you to download the podcast and make sure you don't miss anything. But in the meantime, load up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. The great debate, should airplane seats recline or not? Who's on the right side of history? We will discuss. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. We've had a interesting first two hours. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss any of the program. Uh, we have been debating what exactly is going to happen with Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers in the wake of owner David Tepper's, at best, tepid endorsement of Cam Newton. He said uh, this when he was asked about whether Cam was going to be the future for the Carolina Panthers. Listen, I'm not a doctor. You know, I, and I said it a million times. Is he, is he healthy? And how does, I mean, he's not a doctor. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, different things can happen. But first is, is he healthy? Tell me that and then we can talk. He didn't have surgery to repair his busted up shoulder. He didn't blow up his knee and have an MCL, an ACL, and a broken leg all rolled in together. He had a Liz Frank injury in his foot. And so I understand that he missed 14 games because of it. But in the grand scheme of things, this is a relatively minor surgery. We'll talk about this with Dr. David Chow in the next segment. To me, based on that answer... The Carolina Panthers are ready to move on from Cam Newton. Where would they move on? In what direction? Well, I think you can make an argument, and I don't even think it's a bad argument at all, that the Carolina Panthers could be interested in maybe taking a quarterback in this year's draft at number seven overall pick. And the question that I floated, which has provoked an absolute tsunami of response so far, is what if the Carolina Panthers, with Christian McCaffrey entering the fourth year of his contract, Going to expect to make $15 million plus per year. What if they offered Christian McCaffrey and the number seven overall pick to the Cincinnati Bengals in exchange for the number one pick? Would you take that trade if you were the Cincinnati Bengals? And the reason why I say that is the Panthers have Joe Burrow, uh, at Joe Burrow's passing game coordinator now, Joe Brady, on their coaching staff. And so if you are convinced that this is a guy that could make 
the sense for you in the years ahead. Could Carolina make an aggressive move to get up and get Joe Burrow? 14,000 of you, over 14,000 of you have voted in the first uh, 45 minutes. And 49% of you have said, yes, you would make that trade if you were the Bengals. 51% of you have said no. You can go read all the angst. There are hundreds of comments underneath that question. Uh, And so uh, you can go check it out and see what you think uh, in terms of whether it makes sense or not. You can go vote. Uh, So that is what we started the debate with. We've debated it on the show. But I also wanted to jump into the latest social media debate, which is the reclining, uh, reclining seat issue on airplanes. We do a lot of great debates on the show, but I am firmly of the opinion that you should not be able to recline seats on an airplane. I am six foot tall. Uh, for anybody who is taller than me, I feel for you completely when there is somebody who is little. Like small people who recline seats drive you insane if you're somewhat tall at all. Uh, your feet aren't even touching the ground and you decide you need to recline your seat. There is a video that has gone viral of a guy who's like six foot seven sitting in his seat on the back row. He can't move at all. And there's a small woman who has decided to recline the seat uh, directly into his knees in front of her. And so I am 100% of the belief that one of the great flaws of airplane design of all time was allowing seats to recline in any way. And I believe that if you are the kind of person who gets on an airplane and reclines your seat, I'm going to be honest, I think you're an awful human being. What about the guy that you just talked about? He's punching the back of her seat nonstop. I wouldn't wouldn't, uh, endorse that behavior, but we talked with Chris Mannix. He said he's six foot three. The uh, knee squarely in the back of the recliner is a move that I 100% wholeheartedly support because your knee really can't move at all. So I think just directing that knee so it's right in the small of the back of the person who decides to recline the seat, I think is a totally valid move on your part. So uh, I think seats should never recline. So what are, I'll start with you, Dub, because you're 6'2". I think this has to do almost entirely with height. The taller of a guy you are or the taller of a woman you are, the more you disagree with the idea that you should be able to recline your seat at all. So I'm going to bet, Dub, that you are also like me, 100% opposed to seat reclining. I mean, I can't stand it. And to me, this is on the same level, like reclining your seat on an airplane is on the same level of annoyance and ridiculousness as bringing a baby into a movie theater. Okay, I, I don't go to the movie theater often, and this is one of the reasons why. Well, I went to, I think I've been to three movies in the past year and a half, two years, and I went to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when it came out. Yep. And about three rows in front of me in the theater, some, uh, some lady brought in her baby, and the baby was crying, as babies typically do, pretty much the entire show. And it was one of the more infuriating things right. of all time. I mean, who... You don't bring a baby into a movie theater because what's it going to do? It's in a dark room with a bunch of strangers with a big screen. He doesn't know what's going on. So it just starts crying the whole time. And reclining the seat on the airplane to me is on the same level. I'm not even sure why they even have the recline feature because it only reclines about eight inches, it seems. So it's not even that big of a difference. So why even have it in the first place? I mean, to me, it's totally ridiculous. And for the person in the video, the woman, to do that 
uh, second to last row, when everyone knows the last row of an airplane, those seats don't recline. So there's no, uh, hey, I'll recline, you recline deal. There's none of that going on to begin with. So I think it's just totally out of line, especially when you're in the second to last row. Yeah, I, I just find it to be utterly and like I I think that planes should be designed not to have reclining seat capability at all. What about you, Danny G? Which side of the equation do you come down here? Well, I'm a pit bull, not a giraffe, but I still agree with you guys. I think it's rude. I love the debate back and forth on social media. I've been reading a ton of the comments. People are super hyped up about this. This lady wrote, I honestly take a look before reclining. If someone is asleep or holding a baby, I don't do it. If it's a short flight, I don't do it. Long flight, I am reclining. And a lot of people are on her side saying, yeah, if it's a long flight, I want to recline and sleep. So it seems like that's part of the the debate. First of all, I don't know that the reclining seat makes that much of a difference in your sleepability. For some people, I guess it does, but you're right. For me, it doesn't. I mean, I guess people are split on that, but... I think the last row of the plane is the problem because obviously your back is to that little wall. What I think they should do is build the second to last row to not be able to fully recline. That would fix this problem because mostly this comes up at the very back of the plane. I I think they should just not allow plane. I think it's the, I bet if we had flight attendants, if we opened it up and we said only flight attendants can call it, I bet the number one issue that they have is reclining seats. I bet almost all flight attendants would say seats shouldn't recline because it creates, I mean, because when you sit down in a coach class seat and you feel like you're already incredibly constrained, the worst thing that can happen is somebody immediately reclines in front of you. And it it seems to me that this is also a function of how tall you are. I don't see, I, I think that the taller you are, the more cognizant you are of how little space you have if you recline. And so my argument would be, I bet taller people are far less likely to recline than short people. I don't think short people understand how little space a tall person actually has on a plane. And so for somebody who's like five foot two to suddenly decide, I mean, their feet aren't even literally touching the ground. Like when they recline, their feet are still up in the air. They've got plenty of space. Like you are, it's like you're imprisoned all of a sudden. And I think about it from the perspective of, I, a lot of times I try to work on airplanes, uh, and so if I have a uh, if I have my tray table down, and I got my laptop out. If somebody reclines their seat, first of all, you could almost break my laptop, right? Because it can catch the top of your laptop the way it's set up or your iPad. Uh, but secondly, like it's impossible to type if somebody reclines in front of you. It's literally impossible to work on your on your laptop. What about you, Eddie? What perspective do you come down on this? Uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you about the laptop situation. I I like to use my laptop on an airplane as well. You talked about it being maybe a tall or short issue. I think it's more for a lot of people if you are a recliner or you're not. I'm not, and part of the reason why I don't do it is because I hate when people in front of me yeah, do right. it. Yeah, right. That's why I don't do it. Yeah, so I am totally in favor so, of And by the way, some people say, well, if somebody reclines in front of you, you recline too. Th- then it basically takes you being an ass and passes it all the way back through, right? Yes. Like so it takes a poor behavior that you decided and it exacerbates it by making it worse all the way back through. So I am obviously on the side of uh not reclining and if the plane didn't offer that, I would be totally fine with it. What about is Roberto still alive or has he died? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> he literally <laughs> sounds like death. What do you what's your position? Recline on the all the way, man. Who cares? It's a free country, right? No, uh, I'm just kidding. No, nah, no recline, man. That, that's uh, disrespectful, in my eyes, at least. 
Uh, all right, we're going to open up phone lines. We'll take some calls here. 877-996-6369. I'm actually curious what the OutKick crew ha- has to say here. Let's start uh, Let's start rolling through. All right, we got Kevin in North Carolina. Kevin, what's your perspective here? All right, so <laughs> I haven't flown since 87, but I am actually How is that possible? You haven't been in an airplane uh, since 1987? I live by the code. It's more about the journey than the destination. We travel once a year. Last year was Nashville. And, you know, some are easier than others. But we typically drive so that we can, you know, like sightsee a little bit. But this year we decided to fly. So I have an approach that works. Like when I'm in a social setting or like public transportation and somebody tries to strike up a conversation with me, I will respond no matter what they say with this phrase. My passion is semi-pro badminton. Now, that really throws them off, and typically they won't say another word to me. So I got six months to plan something similar if somebody leans back on me. I will try to do something that makes them so uncomfortable they lean up. That and is if an I can, amazing let me, life. Let me, let me give you five seconds on my feelings on the McCaffrey thing, if I can. Yeah. All right. So 40, the 49%, the half of those are probably people who agree that the sign stealing didn't help the Astros, and the other half are probably from Charlotte. Thank you. I don't even know. Kevin has just blown my mind there with his entire call. Uh, his first comments, it reminds me of Larry David putting the MAGA hat on. Yeah. So that but he not, you know, doesn't have to deal with people. It is funny to not drive. I, I, I'll be honest with you. When I go through uh, security at airports, and people say, why aren't you done TSA pre-check and all that stuff? Well, a lot of times I'm traveling with my kids, and I don't think you can. Kids get in TSA pre-check. I can't even keep up with all that stuff. But in Nashville, the lines are not that bad. Uh, But when I'm in other airports, the amount of people, I swear to God, the amount of people who don't know, I mean, it's been, I understand, like, for the first couple of years after 9-11, things changed a lot. But it's now been 20 years since 9-11. If you don't know that you have to like take your laptop out or you have to take your shoes off, where have you been? Like, how is that? Po- how is it possible that you have missed the last generation of air travel evolution? And I swear to God, it seems like I get behind the person who doesn't know how to go through airport security every time I go through an airport. And again, when it's two thousand three, oh, I can't have a water bottle. Oh man, my man, that's crazy. It's only been a couple of years since nine eleven. I don't think the rules have really changed that much in the last decade. I think pretty much every since that guy tried to blow up his shoes, everybody's had to take their shoes off, and and since you know they figured out that somehow laptops were dangerous, uh, everybody's had to take uh, their laptops out. How do people not know this? It it really is infuriating to me. So the travel experience in general is putting people on edge to begin with, but the reclining seats is off the top rope. I think most frustrating thing that happens on an airplane. Who's up next up? All right, we got Ben in West Palm Beach. Ben, what do you think? Hey, I think you you kind of hit on it, but I think the person that does recline does it strictly in spite of the person behind them. Yeah. Because you really only get, I mean, it reclines like, what, two inches? Which, to the person behind you, you have zero inches, so that's everything. Yeah. But I've reclined my seat before just to see. It doesn't even affect you. If anything, it kind of makes me more uncomfortable. So it's a weird angle, and it barely reclines. Yeah. I would understand, thanks for that. I would understand more if you're like in the lay flat beds, you know, like on really high end first class, if you're traveling cross country on a red eye or you're going overseas, they now have lie flat first class, right? 
uh, or super high-end business class, if you're going to Asia or something like that, that is, oh, I totally get it. Like you, I see the difference. I'm not a great airplane sleeper, but if I were able to completely recline and lay back all the way, I think it would make a tremendous difference. I don't buy that the reclining nature of the average coach class uh, air, uh, seat actually makes that much difference in your ability to sleep. I think you're either going to be able to sleep or not sleep, almost zero impact from the recline because it doesn't go back far enough to actually impact things. If anything, I'm with the caller. It kind of makes it a little bit more awkward because you're like kind of recline, kind of going backwards a little bit, but not quite. And it puts your feet in an odd angle and, and everything else. Like, So I don't really buy that it makes it easier to sleep in the first place, which is the only reason why you'd be willing to do it. Dub, who's next? We got Morgan in Florida. Morgan, what do you think? Hey, Clay, quick thing. One of my problems was I used to be I used to be 400 pounds. You try to have someone recline on you, squeezing my oh, back. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about the fat, the fat guy in the, in the seat. That's got to be even. In if the middle, I got the middle seat, and yeah. I felt embarrassed. Here I'm 400 pounds, 5'11", and I'm squeezing my ass cheeks into the two people next to me yeah. because that stupid recliner. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good point. I didn't even. I'm thinking only of the tall guy perspective. Fat guy perspective has got to be. I mean, that, that the fat guy has to really want to reach his big meat hook of an arm up around and just choke the person out in front of him. There's got to be no doubt about that. Because you're already like, oh, I got to squeeze into this tiny seat to begin with, and then, and God forbid, if you're a tall and a fat guy, then you're just like even worse in a worse position. Dub, anybody else? Yeah, we got a few more. Carl in Las Vegas. All right, Carl, what you got? Hey, Clay, miss uh, anonymous mailbag, but anyway, yeah, we got to do that yeah, more when out football season's over. Thanks for reminding me. No problem. Uh, I'm six three. I hate it. It reminds me of the guy that, because out here in Vegas, we got reclining movie theater chairs. Yeah. It reminds me of that guy that reclines in the movie theaters or the guy that puts his feet up on the back of you yeah. in the movie theater. That's frustrating. Very annoying. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. That is really annoying when somebody, uh, somebody puts their feet up on your chair in the movie theater. Yeah, I dated a girl who did that anytime I brought her to the movies, and it really bothered me. Was there people in front of her? Yeah. Oh, God. That's, and, I mean, Jesus. And I like kind of nudged her, like, hey, the people in front of you, and she didn't care. Yeah, she's uh, obviously yeah. a savage. Uh, who's up next? <laughs> At Sherman in Florida. Sherman, what's up? Hey, yeah, I've, um, I've actually never flew before, so I'm a, I'm a, I got a different perspective against it. Um, I say... What if you have, I'm against it. I'm totally against it. Yeah. But what if you have paid different prices for different seats if they're going to recline? Yeah, so and that's an interesting angle. I understand, for, for instance, uh, I, I fly Southwest a lot because I live in Nashville. And, then, and like I could fly first class sometimes, but I like Southwest schedule, for instance, when I go to L.A., so I will be a man of the people, and I fly the Greyhound of the Skies, Southwest Airlines, right? Southwest has an early boarding process where, you know, like you're A, if you're not familiar with Southwest, you get like, a, there's no assigned seats. So you're in the A, the B, or the C boarding group. And I will be oftentimes in the A boarding group, and they have exit row seats. And so in the exit row, there's a little bit more room. That's like first class on Southwest. And so that's where I want to go, right in the middle part of the plane. I want to grab the aisle exit row Southwest seat because I think of all the seats on Southwest, that's the best one. And I don't really care if it's like an hour and a half flight, but if I'm flying all the way to L.A. and I'm going to be on a plane for four plus hours, it makes a big difference in terms of me being able to potentially work, let's say. 
Uh, so that factors in as well. But a lot of times the exit row seats don't recline. And so I, it doesn't matter to me where I am sitting. I don't recline my seat with one caveat. I will recline my seat if I'm in first class because you have so much space. I feel like it's designed to allow you to recline your seat and you don't end up in someone else's area. And everyone in first class has the ability to recline their seat. And you actually recline, it seems to me, to a level where the recline actually makes an impact, but you're also not immediately hitting the knees of the person. Yeah, those recline to where you're not at a strange angle. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I do think that's worth pointing out. What about Dub? Who else? Mike in New York. Mike, what do you think? Hey, I'm just calling. Um, I think it's a deeper meaning. It doesn't have to do with reclining. I think it has to do with being tall versus being short. You know, you guys who are already tall, you won the genetic lottery. What are you complaining about? You should let us short people finally for once get some type of advantage in life. How tall are you, Mike? I'm 5'8". Yeah. Well, first of all, you're not that short if you're 5'8". Thanks for the call. But this is a great example of the Napoleon complex. Short man is so disadvantaged, he feels like, that he has to put it on the tall guy for a a two-and-a-half-hour flight uh, in the domestic airlines. Just because you're so angry at the world because you're short, you got to recline your seat and punish the tall guy because he stole your girlfriend, because he might have stole your wife. I mean, let's be honest. That's not the way for a short man to get a revenge. The way for a short man to get revenge is to get super rich, like Jeff Bezos. And then you get the girl no matter what. Short guy, can't be angry at tall guy, get your revenge by dominating the world. Mike Bloomberg, little man, might end up nominated for president. I think Pete uh, Buttedge, Buttedge, whose name I can't get right no matter how many times I try to get it, little guy, might end up getting nominated for president. Get your revenge by succeeding over the tall guy, not by destroying him on an airline flight. Who's up next? All right, last one here. We got Ryan in Portland. Ryan, what do you think? Oh, I was going to say about the uh, the people that don't know what they're doing in the airport. In their defense, um, the last time I was on a plane before October was 1995. So we How had old to are research, you? so we weren't. I'm 35. So 1995, you were how old? I mean, I can't even do the math on that. Like 14 years I was, old? I was 10. 10. So how did you manage to go the last 25 years of your life without getting on an airplane? Um, you know, I don't really know. We're here in Oregon where we have desert, mountains, ocean, and beach within an hour either direction, so it didn't really have to go anywhere. No, thanks for the call. I, if you've gone 25 years without getting on an airplane, I don't understand. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't understand how that's possible. I understand if you're like... If you're listening right now and you're like 75 and you just turned 100, I'm like, okay, you know, you got to 75 years old and you're like, I've seen everything. I don't want to get on an airplane anymore. But 25 years without being on an airplane, I mean, I think that's pretty hard to for me to quantify. To never, like from the age of 10 to 35, it's wild. Some people are afraid to fly, that's why. Yeah, well, that's one thing. If you have a huge phobia, but he said, oh, "I just I've got everything in Oregon I need. I've just never thought about getting on an airplane." But even so, when you're in the security line, you could watch what everyone else yeah, in front of you true. is doing. Yeah, they, they. I mean, they, they have. I think one of the worst jobs in America is the guy who works at TSA and has to say over and over again, yeah. "Take your shoes off, take your laptops out. You can't bring water through." You ever watch that guy? 
I mean, I don't know what suicide yeah. rates are in America, but I bet TSA guy who has to say the same thing. I mean, I, I don't know how many times separate that guy trays, says that. Separate trays. Separate trays. Yeah, yeah, do not put your bag in a tray. Ma'am, take it out of there. Yeah, you, over there, and over. I'm not, I'm not sure there's a worse job in America than that job. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Can you think of a worse job to do every day than – I'm not saying the TSA security guy who gets – maybe they rotate them. I don't know. Uh, but the TSA security guy who gets to look at the stuff going through the conveyor belt, not a great job. Uh, the pat down, not a great job, right? I'm not saying these are amazing jobs. But that's like – that's dunking and hanging on the rim on the TSA security guard who has to be like – even sitting there and looking at the IDs and matching them, like that's a billion times better than being the person who's just standing there giving the rules to go through security. Do they rotate jobs? Do you know? Anybody know? Not sure. That's a really good question. Or is that like a like? Do you get promoted? Is that like the difference between being in charge of the fries and being in charge of the hamburgers? Like, do you start off in the TSA crew where you have to be the person saying that over and over again? Because I would think that's the lowest level TSA job. The highest level would be sitting there with the screening capability, looking through the you know the whatever that radar thing they have there, the electromagnetic. I don't know what it's X-ray machine, whatever that is. Like the least important job at the TSA by far is the guy or girl who has to say all the rules. I don't know the answer, but I do know that I am fundamentally opposed to anybody reclining their seats. All right, when we come back, Dr. Chow will be with us. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. 
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installed near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we bring in Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc uh, with us on Twitter. And before we get going, I'm sure you've traveled a lot over the years, Dr. Chow. What's your position on airplane seat reclining? (laughs) Uh, Do unto others. So are you a recliner? Uh, Depends on the circumstance. I'm not always a recliner. Um, You know, I mean, look, if it's a big guy behind me, then I probably don't. Uh, But if it's like a kid or someone else, I might look back and do it. Uh, By the way, we just posted a poll question. Uh, I said I'm 100% opposed to seats reclining on airplane flights. Should airplane seats be designed to recline? 69% of you right now with 1,000 votes immediately in say no. Uh, because I think this is probably the number one fight that happens on airplanes is over seat reclines. Uh, but uh, speaking of uh, of, uh, of fights that are going on, I don't know if you, I'm sure you saw David Tepper's comments about Cam Newton's health. And I, we talked a lot about it over the course of the show today. But you can speak to this infinitely better than us. But the surgery that Cam Newton had is not a serious surgery in the sense of, what I'm sure you've seen a lot of surgeries happen over the years. Did you think that it sounded a bit strange that that Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, was almost inclined to say, hey, we got to see whether Cam Newton's going to be healthy? To me, that means he's not really committed to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sort of uh, caught my attention when I when I saw that. And, uh, you know, especially the the way that he said it. Look, I don't know David Tepper, but he certainly is a hands-on owner. Right. He flew to Baylor to the home of Matt Rule to recruit him and interview him. Uh, I get it. The fact is he's not a doctor. But you don't think he's talked to his doctors or knows exactly what's going on? I mean, that just seemed like, yeah, they're moving on. If you're reading the tea leaves, but, you know, we'll see. But, I mean, the point here is, too, the surgery that Cam Newton's had, it's not like his shoulder was being completely redone and you question whether he's ever going to be able to throw normally again. The Liz Frank surgery that he had is relatively minor in the context of NFL offseason surgeries, right? 
Well, it depends on, you know, the extent of it. However, it is a little strange that it happened so late, right, in terms of what happened. Usually uh, you try and uh, address things uh, early. Like Hollywood Brown uh, had a fairly significant Les Frank injury and yet still had a successful season at wide receiver uh, this year for, for the Ravens. So, and, and what it also tells me is maybe they don't have a lot of confidence in, in Cam in the pocket. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, uh, you know, it wasn't his guy. He's a, he's a new owner, so he's entitled. But the way he said it definitely raised my eyebrows. We're talking to Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. You can find him there. Philip Rivers, you worked with a lot when you were one of the team doctors or the team doctor of the San Diego Chargers back in the day. Uh, Philip Rivers now no longer a member of the Chargers. What can you tell us about your relationship with Philip Rivers, about him as a player to work with, and what you would say about his future going forward? Well, you know, none better in terms of a, a guy, okay? Uh, just a small example of what kind of person he is. I know he, he gets grief for trash talk, but it's, it's gosh, oh golly trash yeah, talk. Right. And, uh, it's actually very, uh, entertaining. He's just hyper excitable is what it is. It's like, he's got to do something. And so he, he, he talks, but you know, he's, he's just, if you look at his comments as on the way out, he talked about the people and, and that's genuine from him, a small anecdote so he obviously had the uh, played with the ACL tear and six days after an East Open that 2008 AFC Championship game, and he said to me, you know, he, he wanted to play, he wanted to do this. I was like, well, you know, you're 24 years old. The best thing is to not. Let's be safe. You got a long career. And he said, look, I, I don't know when I'll get back to for a chance to play to the Super Bowl. I, I want to seize the opportunity. And, you know, obviously that was his only game. But the other anecdote from that is literally 10 years to the day from his ACL surgery. And I had no idea it was 10 years to the day. He texted me out of the blue and said, thank you uh, and uh, for everything and that it was 10 years to the day. So those are the little things that make everybody love the guy. And I think he's going to go on to uh, continue to, to do great things. He just needs an offensive line, right? I mean, he's... he's uh, played through a ton of injuries as well so a lot, most of them that i can't even talk about we know about the acl one but there are a lot more injuries that he's played through through his 220 some game streak so he's as tough as they come as well talk to me about the acl injury again because i think that's a story that kind of slides under the radar a bit he tore his acl and then went on to play in the afc championship game against the colts if i remember correctly uh, and you pointed out he was only 24 years old at the time. But what kind of toughness does that take? Well, extreme toughness. He tore it against the Colts in the final game at the RCA Dome. And if you remember back then, uh, as I was walking off the field with him, he got a lot of grief because he was speaking very forcefully and gesticulating and pointing at fans at the time. And the national media said, you know, he was a bad guy for doing so. I can tell you what the fans are saying, which was 
F this, you know, yeah. you're done, this, that, the other. And, and okay, maybe you should have ignored it. But all he did was turn and point to them very forcefully and say, don't you worry, I'll be back. Don't you worry, I'll be back. Yeah. And uh, he he fought to uh, return to that game. Didn't Billy Volek let us to the win? Uh, all the way on the plane flight home, he was talking about he, he's got to find a way to play, got to find a way to play. And he did play in that AFC championship game against the uh, then undefeated uh, New England team. And uh, remember, that was the LT game where LT got some grief. Ghost, oh, yeah. Gates, Gates had a toe injury, et cetera. We were pretty banged up, yet Philip was the, the leader. And, and we actually kept that all quiet the whole time. It was after the game in the locker room that players were saying, you got to go talk to that guy and how tough he is and, and what he did that the story broke. Yeah, that that's wild. I mean, to play, and then he came back and didn't miss a game, right? Wasn't he back the for the first week? Yeah, you know, I had a chance to visit with Adrian Peterson a little bit this year in Miami and talked about his nine month ACL recovery, and it is fantastic, and that's spoken of as the bellwether. But what went unnoticed, and I get it, running back versus quarterback, but Philip Rivers at 100 days, and it's documented very well, uh, was returned to minicamp on 100 days, played you know, showed up for training camp, didn't miss anything. And at the time, that was a career high, about 105 quarterback rating for that season coming off his ACL. Yeah, that, that's wild in and of itself. Uh, all right, uh, we have got the uh, XFL going on, and there's actually a lot of gambling interest and television interest in this league. I would say the biggest injury news, and I didn't think we'd have a lot of XFL injury news, but Landry Jones, uh, the starting quarterback for the Dallas team, missed week one seems to have a fairly significant knee injury that he got. What's his likelihood for week two? And what I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know a lot of player names. What other significant injuries to you are out there or what other teams have significant issues? Yeah, you know, I, I, I do some hits with FanDuel more ways to win. And they asked us, you know, can you cover XFL? And I actually ran into Oliver Luxum, you know, in the uh, small world and uh, down in Miami. And uh, as we were taping a segment, Take the segment early that week, and I got lucky. And just there's not a lot of injury information. It's a new league. We don't even know the exact reporting process and how it works. And practice injuries are always a little bit of a mystery, even in the NFL, because there's no film. But it seemed to me he had a lead leg MCL sprain, which I said that he would be able to play last week. And indeed, he was listed as the third quarterback last week. But coaching decision didn't play, even though he was the top pick in the draft for them. Because you got to remember, this is a new league with all new coaches, with all new players, with all new schemes, without an OTA summer springtime you know, multi-month study period. This was show up to training camp and let's go. And so if your quarterback hasn't practiced throughout your abbreviated training camp without an off-season program, how does he know all the plays or all his teammates? So that was the issue for where he couldn't play in week one. But now that he's been practicing a little bit, I do expect him to play this week going forward. Any other major news that we need to be aware of? Uh, well, I, you know, we focus on quarterbacks, right, because we don't know a lot of other names. But uh, uh, Aaron Murray with his uh, foot injury probably is not going to play and, and uh, is back up with a uh, separated shoulder. So that there's, a, there's a depth issue there at quarterback for, for that team. But also you have to remember, 
they have a very unique system now of replacement players. There's a there's sort of one team that's sort of in waiting that all the other eight teams can draft from or pick from in case they need anyone. They're they're in theory working out and ready to go. So that's kind of a unique concept for the XFL. Outstanding stuff as always, Dr. Chow. Appreciate the time, my man. Thank you. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Quickly, two poll questions up. Nearly 27,000 of you voted upon my uh, proposed trade of Christian McCaffrey and the number seven pick to the Bengals in exchange for the number one pick. 48% of you say the Bengals should do it. 52% of you say no. Also, we've been talking about seat reclining on airplanes. In the first uh, 20 minutes, 7,000 of you have voted in this. Should airplane seats be designed to recline at all? 68% of you say no, they should not. Uh, As we get closer to pitchers and catchers officially reporting everywhere and the uh, Major League Baseball season in spring training being underway, a lot of excitement on the West Coast. A lot of Dodger fans waking up with us early this morning with us in L.A. Mookie Betts and David Price met the media in Dodger Stadium, I believe, and they had this to say. You know, we've kind of uh, talked kind of through passing at the All-Star game and uh, as we played here, but definitely uh, it's going to be pretty special. You know, he won the MVP last year, so it's definitely uh, he's definitely going to put on a show, and, um, you know, I'll do my best to kind of keep up with him. That is uh, Mookie Betts talking about Bellinger. There is now a big-time offensive production. Danny G, scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you as a Dodger fan about the addition of Mookie Betts? 11. Yeah. After the way last season ended, some of us were hoping that baseball would get pushed off. (laughs) Now we can't wait for the season to start. What about you, Roberto? I know you're near death, but you're a big Dodger fan too. I I haven't been this excited since when the Dodgers got Manny back in 2008. This is a big deal for Dodger fans with Mookie Betts coming to town. I still can't believe that the – of all teams, the Boston Red Sox decided that they couldn't afford to pay Mookie Betts and they basically gave him away. I feel like the Dodgers got a complete yeah, steal he's, here. He's been the second best player in baseball the last five years. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, it's it's incredible. Not even mention David Price, who I still think has some juice left as well. Uh, so uh, I, I am rooting for the Dodgers to get that first World Series title since uh, 1988. Big debate. I encourage you guys to all download the podcast about Cam's future in Carolina. Do we all agree right now, by the way, quickly going around the horn, I imagine uh, that we all think that Cam is done with the Panthers. Do you believe he's going to be gone? Because I do. Danny G, you agree? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dub, you think he's done? After what David Tepper said, I do. Uh, what about you? Is Eddie still there or did he bail two minutes early? Eddie left. Two minutes early. Yeah. Eddie did his update and couldn't <laughs> wait four minutes for the rest of the show to end. Uh, he already left. Do you think he's done, uh, yeah, Roberto? Yeah, Ken's done. Is Roberto, you going to be at work tomorrow? I, I, I don't think so, man. He sounds like death. Uh, <laughs> Roberto, uh, he's got coronavirus. Yeah, so, don't bring uh, your germs around uh, here. Those yeah. ec- I got those Equis virus. I can only, yeah, the Dose Equis virus. I can only say the coronavirus joke's a little bit shorter because they say it's going to be in America soon. And once it gets here, I can't make jokes anymore. I mean, that's going to be awful. Uh, all right. Uh, when we finish out uh, the program uh, for the week uh, tomorrow, we should have a lot of fun. Encourage you to download the podcast. Congrats to caller Barbara, 83-year-old listener from Louisiana who has become the first ever OutKick listener to be inducted into the OutKick Hall of Fame. Unanimous acclaim and agreement for that on social media. Uh, appreciate her calling. Appreciate all of you. We will be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. Last show for me. 
before I head down to Mexico for a week off. Should be a lot of fun there, but we'll finish off strong tomorrow. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 